You're listening to Going Legit. I'm Rachel Dorsey. In this special episode, you're invited to observe a one-on-one mentorship session with a creative, maker, entrepreneur, or a person who wants to be one. Our goal, as always, is to offer a window and a mirror to help you see a reflection of yourself and your challenge or success, while also seeing beyond your situation to what might be possible. This is Going Legit. I'm so glad you're here. Sarah, thank you for being with me today. I want to hear a little bit about what's on your mind, what's been going on for you, um, and see how I might be of support today. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's an interesting time for me because um, I spent years of my life getting a PhD in English, and, um, you know, when you get a PhD, obviously the goal that's just implied with that is that then you will teach at the college level. And so I got the PhD and um, I've taught at the college level, but that industry is a dying industry, to be totally frank. Um, You know, and I did the adjunct thing for a while and it's torture, especially if you have kids. Um, And I actually was offered a tenure track job too, but even that's not that steady anymore. so I just started, you know, well, and I'm moving to um, high school education because it's steady and I needed that to have um, since I have three kids. But in this field, I think that every time I've shifted schools, I have a feeling in the back of my head that I'm not doing the right thing career wise. Um, and, but I've sort of made myself a rut that I need and that's a pretty awesome rut. I mean, the PhD is a pretty awesome rut to be in, but I almost feel like I pursued a PhD to see if I could do it. Mm. And I did it. And now it's like, well, now I have to do something with it. Right. But I don't know that that's actually what I want to do because I love teaching and, you know, expanding people's worlds and introducing them to texts and thoughts and theories that they haven't been exposed to before and getting them to in a new way. Um, at the same time, it's something about the teaching process that I'm not into is grading that kind of work. And I don't mean this actual process of sitting down and grading. I can handle that. But um, I like to put things in British baking terms. You know, do you ever watch the show British Baking? Oh, yeah. Like, I don't want to be Paul Hollywood. I want to be Lynn Sue. I want to be like the one who's encouraging people and having, mm. you know, opening their minds to stuff, but I hate that part of my job as an educator is that formal, like, are you learning these skills? Do you have this? It's just not really, and I miss being creative and I miss um, being able to just like get lost in my own creativity and other people's creativity and have fun with that. Over the years, I've taught at like creative writing schools and I like that, but it's not sustainable, um, at least as it existed in Seattle where I was. But um, I don't know, I'm just at a point now where I miss being creative and I want to pursue something creative, but I don't know what I can do that could also support my family because I don't have the time to chase dreams when I have three kids, six and under. You know what I mean? So like I'm the main earner, the one who has insurance. I'm the one who has these things. And I've chased um, a steady income for so long because it's so hard to find in this whole academia world. Um, and now I just kind of feel 
a little lost. And like, I know I'm good at my job, but like my heart is not in it. And I had a coworker say, well, you know, in 30 years or something, we'll be retiring. I don't know what she was talking about, but anyway, my heart sunk. It was like, I can't do this in 30 years. I'll feel like my life wasn't lived the way that I want to live it. And even though I have students who are, you know, that it's teacher appreciation week, they're contacting me and telling me these amazing things about you changed my life. I've never thought about these things before. You've helped me become this person. That's amazing. And I wish that my heart was in it, but it's not, you know? So I think I'm just at a now where it's like, I just don't know what to do. And, you know, I, I was looking at your Instagram when you were talking about making things a priority versus like, oh, I don't have time for that versus it's not a priority for me. And it's interesting because I miss writing and creating so much. Not that it's not a priority. I just genuinely don't have time. For it yeah. I still teach full time. I've also, um, I got into the habit when I was in my PhD, but I teach online for some schools too. So basically I'm working like two full-time jobs and then I have these three kids. Um, so it's like, it is a priority and I think about it and I doodle down ideas all the time, but like, I can't do anything with it. I'm so envious of people who are doing creative things and, and like getting to have art in their lives. And I just feel stuck. Yeah. It's just an, I don't know. It's an interesting thing. Cause I, I love the stability. I need that, mm-hmm. but like, it's a part of my brain that I want to use. And I, I'm so envious of the people that, um, I mean, we have some mutual friends on Instagram or whatever that are, makeup artists or hairstylists and they're like I think what is the biggest stress of their day like do I have this foundation like what a great stress to have I want to have the stress like that of like will I finish this chapter that seems so much more enjoyable to me than I have these deadlines for grading and this kid's not meeting these goals and you know things that I really fully support a lot of the standards of education. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to like fully get into it either. If like, not all kids are the same, but how do I explain that to parents? You know what I mean? So totally, yeah, you know, so that's where I am. Yes. Yes. So thank you for sharing all of that. I think, um, I think that there's a lot to unpack and I've taken a lot of notes. Um, <laughs> you know, I'll talk your ops. So look out. Love it. Um, I, I know what I'm getting into. I know you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that, you know, specifically the makeup artist example, mm-hmm. I just want to share a little bit, bit of perspective um, because with every choice that we make and with every thing that we, every responsibility that we accept, there are trade-offs and you have traded freedom for stability. Um, that's true. Whereas, and that's part of why I started the podcast to, be, to begin with was to like lift this veil because everybody thinks that entrepreneurship is this like super glamorous thing with all this freedom and all this choice and all this whatever. But like right. the reality is that these makeup artists, their biggest stress is, am I going to get a job this month? Is someone going to hire me and will I be able to make my rent? So, so, so there are, there are certainly trade-offs and for sure, I have spoken to, again, makeup artists, because you're going to use that example, who are asking me the same thing. Like, should I quit this, this thing that I've been pursuing for the last 15 years of my life and go get a stable job? Because I can't live with the anxiety of not knowing if I'm going to be able to pay my bills this month. Um, or, you know, I'm 35 years old and I'm not anywhere near 
you know, this dream of buying a house because I've chosen this other path. So, so I just want to reflect to you that like, for all of us, there are these trade-offs and grass is always greener on the other side. And I know we know it, but like for me too, I, I feel it when I see people that have the thing that have the thing that I'm looking for, which in your case is like creativity and freedom. If I can be so bold as to put yeah. those words in your mouth. Um, there's always a trade-off. So where I'd like to start with this conversation is figuring out what are the absolute must-have non-negotiables for you. So when you look at your life, must you be the main breadwinner? Like, must you be the one that brings in the income? Are there circumstances that could shift and change to allow you to take a step out of that role or a step over from that role so that you can open up some more space for yourself or are you is there no circumstance no way that 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 role can be shifted well i think with time it can mm -hmm. shift um you know i'm i am married and, uh, my partner works but for as long as we've been together he's made less money than me which is whatever i don't care um but that's part of the reason why I've the two jobs i've gotten in that habit and um because i worked adjunct jobs for so long i got in the habit of take work wherever you can get it so that we're okay and a lot of it comes from we're, i'm a parent yeah. so can't risk um my income falling and it's not about me being the main breadwinner or even if he made double what i made it's not that it's that i don't want to um ever risk something happening a medical emergency whatever mm -hmm. and oh oops we don't have the savings for that yeah you know what i mean so it's it's not about that so much but it is about that i you know because like you're saying i had jobs for a long time where it was like will i be able to afford anything what can i send i mean i had a, a time with my oldest where i went to her school because my classes were canceled um uh, and i didn't know if i was gonna be able to keep her in preschool and i begged them and i'm pregnant at the time i begged them for scholarships or anything to keep her in because i did not know if I'd have the money to keep her in school. um if we would have the money to afford housing and i mean i would just crying and be like please i'll mock i'll do it takes and unfortunately they were jerks and said but <laughs> thankfully i got my class that it was fine but um it's like i know that life too and yeah. it's i have we have to have financial stability not for me like i can handle whatever but because we have these kids Absolutely. i mean you know you know how it is that yeah. like i love i welcome the idea of freedom <laughs> i will you know i honestly like the idea of going back and forth with like that kind of adjunct schedule was terrifying my hair went gray not you know not completely but <laughs> just here or there but um the uncertainty of not being able to support my child yeah so you know so it's, i mean it sounds I to me to support my family yeah yeah it sounds to me like financial stability is like one of your pillars like you have oh, to have that it's not yeah. it's not a negotiable um i also think that creativity is a non-negotiable because of your yes your i mean you've always been such an artist in your in your way um right you know with your your humor your performing your writing like you are a creative person yeah. and when a creative person doesn't have an outlet to be creative it's really hard to feel happy 
And, yes. and especially as a parent, you, you need to find ways to feel happy in order to be the best version of yourself, the best support for your family. So I would say creativity is, is like another one of your pillars. Yes. I second that. And then what would be like a third one for you? If there's like a third sort of like core, core value, core pillar, um, like a non, another non-negotiable for you, because what we're going to try to do from here is figure out what can you let go of? What can you, what can you shift? What can you change so that you can make more space? Because right now the financial stability is happening. The creativity right. is not. So what's that third thing in your life? Is there a third thing or are those really the two sort of polarities that you're trying to balance between? I mean, it's hard. I feel like there's several things that kind of come in there, obviously family and, sure. you know, take care of my family. Um, joy is a huge one. Like I believe finding joy is so crucial to life and finding workplaces that you enjoy being and, I mean, I'm sure you've had those kinds of jobs where it's like you wake up and you think, please let me have the flu today. I don't have to go to work. I don't want that. I've yeah. had that and I don't want that. So I want joy and humor in there too. So I'll say, okay, pillar three, family slash joy slash humor. Light. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Yes. Great. Great. Okay. Fantastic. So right now you, do you have one full-time job or do you have several? Technically one, but one comes and goes as being okay. full-time. Okay. Yeah. But always one and a half. That's a constant. Okay. Okay. Um, are there, are there places, so again, because you happen to be partnered and because you happen to have children, mm -hmm. um, the first place that I always encourage us to look when that is our circumstance is what can we, what responsibilities cannot be released right. from, from life, but could be released from you. So are, and you don't have to share them out loud, but, but are what I, a homework for you or something we could do right now, if you're comfortable would be to make a list of your responsibilities and then make a mark by which things can be redelegated so that they are not only do you not have to actually do them, but you all also get released from thinking about them. They become fully someone else's responsibility. I'll give you an example from my life. Especially right now, there are so many freaking dishes mm -hmm. and there's so much laundry. Yes. And both Drew and I felt like we were always the ones. <laughs> Wasn't, the, the, I was the one that was right. <laughs> Girl, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, he's all the great things and also, so he came up with this great idea that I was going to do all of the laundry and he was going to do all of the dishes. And that has given me back 30 minutes every single day. Yeah. So, so it's, it's little tiny, like right now mm -hmm. at the stage that you're in, because you have three little, little, little ones. Like three under six is no joke. I'm barely surviving with two under six. I don't even know how you're doing it and still having to, like still not having time, but still making time to put on eyeshadow. You look amazing. <laughs> um, you look like you've slept, which I know is not the case, 
Well, you know, it's funny because I feel like I have so little control over so many things in my life, but girl, I always have control over my makeup. (laughs) Always. I love it. Yes. So, so that's one of your pieces of homework is to make that list. Like what are all the things that you're responsible for? And part of it is so that the two of you can have a conversation and maybe he makes that list as well. Um, and I am not a therapist, but, um, but when it comes to creating a life that makes you happy and brings you joy, and when it comes to like figuring out how to balance your life with your work, especially when you're a parent, you have to call in your partner and you have to figure out ways to work together. So what I would say is like, yeah, make that list. What are things that you can redelegate? Have that conversation. The other option is to... And I mean, there's a million options, but the other option that comes to my mind is like, Hey, cool. Here's what I need to do. I need to start making one day a week or four hours a week or whatever it is where I'm not doing day job. I'm not doing kids. I'm not doing housework. I'm not doing any of this labor and you'll have to do it. And I'm going to use that time that I'm going to carve out to write my next book research the next job opportunity, like make art, sing alone, whatever it is that you, that you are called to create, or even just sit in silence by yourself and have some space to think about what you might want to do next. But as the, the weight of responsibility that you carry right now, there, there really is no time for you to make it. So you have to, you have to let something go. Right. We're in an interesting place right now in that, um, you know, for a long time, I was carrying the weight of everything. Yeah. I was cleaning, cooking. I was paying all the bills. I was in charge of managing the bills. And like a lot of women, um, heterosexual relationships that tend to happen, that we become house managers, house too much. So, you know, he and I spent years figuring out how to share those responsibilities. And we were doing a really good job of it. Um, and he just changed jobs. So his schedule has changed. And we, I mean, when I say just, I mean Monday, he just changed. So now we're at a place again where we don't really know what that looks like yet. And obviously we need time, but it used to be that Fridays were the day where he handled the kids and I could go go to work and do my thing. Um, But now that I'm here all the time with coronavirus um, and he's working on Fridays, that's shifted a little bit. Uh, and I think you'd be proud of me. I just bought a new notebook because it's like, I need to get back to just writing when I have, a, when I have time. I used to walk around with my lap and just and bust out a chapter, you know, because writing is really where my heart is most happy. Um, and so uh, I used to just laptop and I, you know, write whenever I had a minute. But now if I have a minute, there's a child that sees me free and is like, mom. And, you know, and I understand that. I mean, I'm grateful for that time and I'm grateful that they want to be with me because I'm fully aware that when they're teens, they're not going to want to talk to me. And so I'm trying to embrace it now. But um, I am trying to find just pockets of time where it's like, oh, I have an idea for a short story. You know, write that down or... Um, whatever but you know and it's not even that I have honestly like three to four novels that I've written that are just kind of sitting on my computer knee tweaked and whatever but since I've had the time to really do that you know how it is um and it's not even one kid or two kids but all together it's a lot and um I don't know so I think he and I need to figure out the 
schedule um, and what that looks like. And I think that as, as a mom, it's hard to, to say I'm away from you. And it's not that I love you. It's just that I need time for me because we're so often forgotten and, you know, what matters is the kids and what matters is that they're okay. And it's like, but then we forget ourselves. And I'm so used to that, that it's hard for me to even put myself forward of like, hold up. Yeah. You know, but I'm going to, I'm going to work on that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what you're talking about is so true. And I really think that, um, I look forward to more people talking about the realities of what it is to be a real, to be like a mother right now, um, especially in these circumstances when we are all together. I think that these, you know, we think that we can like do so much in these five minutes here, five minutes there, but if you, without sustained space, you, you can't have a complete thought. You can't have a, like the whole arc of a moment. Right. Um, and it, it you, to even get into a space of creativity, you need, you need space. You can't just pull creativity out for the two minutes that you have and then someone interrupts you. And that's right, something you that put it in your pocket. You're like, I'll come back to it. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. No, it doesn't work that way. And that's something that, that, that we've been discussing as well during this time, because I was used to being like, bye everybody. I can sit right here at my desk for eight to 10 hours, not see anybody. And then they come back through the door. I don't know how they got there. I don't know what they've been doing. <laughs> I don't know where my right. time went. But now I'm stealing an hour here, an hour there, and in interrupted constantly. And it makes you feel really unmoored. And already we're unmoored because this is all just so mm -hmm. crazy. So um, yeah, I think that, that like whether it's like going and working in your car or um, I don't know if you're, you know, social distancing with your parents, you know, going mm -hmm. to sit in their, in their garage, um, doing what you need to do to physically remove yourself so you have that time. And I also want to just remind you just, you know, because when you're in it, it's so hard to see it. And again, I don't have three children, so I actually have no idea what you're dealing with. But I remember that when first full-time childcare, which who knows if that's coming back again, but when Levi hit like three, when my little one turned three, that's when I finally had like, just not like a person clinging to me constantly. Right. Like the second I walk in the room, there's like, there's a boob here. Like, let me get at it. And so, <laughs> so, you know. It's Drew too, right? <laughs> yes, all of them. They're all, they're all just, yeah. Um, so you're also like in it right now. Oh yeah. And there will be a light Majorly at the end of the tunnel. It. But so aside from strategies to give yourself time to be creative, I want to talk a little bit about your career path because that's what you opened with. Yes. Um, are there, have, you know, I, you sort of opened by talking about like, well, I have my PhD, I should use it. But are there ways that that PhD could make you look like a really, you know, spicy candidate among another, you know, among a list of candidates for a totally different job. Like, could you go work for a publishing house? Could you go work, you know, could you go, could you add in some other, you know, <clears throat> could you do some online classes for some other organization? Like, are there ways for you to replace the income that you currently have with opportunities that give you a little more of, the, of those feel goods and a little less of the stuff you hate? Um, I feel like it would be possible to replace you know, because I'm still acting online, that I could replace that. Um, but I think there's 
fear there because, and, and, and it's totally unfounded at this point, but because we went so long where it was like month to month, I don't know if we're going to be able to pay for food this month. Um, those adjuncting jobs online saved us many, yeah. many times. So I think I'm very fearful to let those go. And I'm also fearful to let them go because um, what if I decide that I do want to go back college teaching, which I think I will, but you have to have that teaching on your CV or forget it. Like it's not. Um, but in terms of other things I could try, what's challenging the PhD kicks you out of the market for a lot of jobs because they don't want to have to pay a PhD. And um, I learned this more from my mom's, you know, hiring at her job. And she's saying, yeah, whenever I get a PhD, I think, well, they're probably just applying here because they can't find anything else. So I usually don't even interview. And it's like, they might actually really want the job. But yeah. there's a that if you have it, you're going for whatever it is that your PhD was in. And so it's actually, I had to, I ended up just having to lie about having a PhD. I took it off my resume completely for a long time um, because I had so many companies saying, we can't afford a PhD. Um, so I just don't think, sorry, my cat is going crazy. I'm great. Right. Just running around. Just another thing to the pile. But, um, you know, thing, we just don't think we'd have what you're really looking for. We don't have that much growth, so you'll be interested. No, 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 that's why I applied. But it was a, it was a, pro it actually became a major hindrance for me. Yeah. And it's funny now because, um, so right before we moved to, we decided to move back to San Diego, uh, I offered two jobs, and one was a tenure track job um, at a college in Seattle. Well, I guess at the same time, three, because I got offered to San Diego as well. And then um, I was also offered a job that I wanted to be able to take so badly, but they just couldn't pay enough um, for me to afford full-time childcare. But it was, they needed a head writer at this comic book studio. Did you see the cat? Uh-huh. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, my jaw dropped because a head writer at a comic book studio. That right. just feels like... I, yeah, I went to uh, just interview for like a writing position. And then, um, you know, my PhD said a lot about comic books and the value of comics and the comics and medium. And so um, we got to talking just about, you know, comics and like nerd. And, and um, they ended up just the cats coming back. So I'm just enjoying the thrill of that. Um, <laughs> but they offered me this head writer, but I needed to get to a certain number and not vanity like at all but because i have to be able to pay my mortgage yeah pay for pre you know full-time school for for mila and lucy at the time um and they just couldn't get there because they were a small company but it's like i think about that all the time how badly i wish i could have taken that job kind of fulfillment and like i for stuff like that here and i can't find it and what was about that was it was creative it was steady it had insurance all these things whereas most jobs um like writing schools and things like that are not steady they're class by class there is no insurance there's no benefits there's nothing like that you don't know what your income is going to be a lot of them are based on how many people you get in the class so maybe one time you have a class and you make you know let's just say five thousand dollars so they never pay that much and then the next time you know, you don't even have enough students to make the class and so they cancel it. So that's what's hard is that 
you know, I love writing. I love, you know, character design and world building and comics and all things. But with, I mean, you know, with creative jobs comes often a lack of that. It will be this amount of money and this amount of work every month. Like it will be that. And like we've talked about, I have to have that. But um, I do wonder, I I think maybe over the next, I have another course starting um, this week. Maybe I need to focus. Okay, I don't need the money from these classes, these extra classes I teach. I don't need it. So what is a creative way that I can replace it so that like if I'm not making the same amount, it's going to kill me, but I am getting the chance to flex those muscles. Yeah. But I'm not sure what that is. Yeah. So two things. Um, thing number one is, is there a world in which you reach back out to that comic book company, especially now that everybody's remote? Mm-hmm. Um, and you see if there is part-time contract opportunities for you, um, because if they wanted you enough to give you that head writer position, they'll probably jump at any chance that they have to, to get any of your time. Um, and that could replace some of the adjuncting work. I also hear that you don't want to let go of all of it because you have to keep it on your resume just in case. Yeah. Um, but I don't know how many classes you're doing, but perhaps you, you know, again, like you, you wait until there's a new thing that can replace a, a piece of it. And then you just hang on to what you need to, you, you need to hang on to. Is that a scenario that you think could work for you? Yeah, I think so. So, and I love that idea of reaching out to them. Um, cause we're talking to them about work for if I keep remote sometimes, cause I can't afford childcare those days. And which is like, just can't that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, I'm sure you've had those things too, where it kind of breaks your heart to have to say no. Yeah. Um, but I had to say no. It's like, or I'll have to bring a baby to work with me. Yeah. Yeah. A week, but yeah. You know, I mean, but I like that idea of reaching out to them. Yeah. Reach out to them. I mean, say, you know, and you say like, you know, I haven't stopped thinking about this opportunity. Um, you know, you know, I hope, your business is still doing well, you know, in, in these conditions, you haven't stopped thinking about it. I'm curious if there's any way that we can still partner together in some small capacity. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of thing you get your foot in the door. You do some creativity stuff. Like you're, you're, you know, you're flexing, you're creative, but you're also making a little bit of money. And at the same time, I would say that if you don't need the money from your adjuncting, mm-hmm. all of that money needs to go in a separate savings account that you act like it's not even there and you stockpile it, stockpile it, stockpile it. And maybe it's five years of stockpiling to get to the place where you can go and take a half time this and then half time as you're writing your books or you're, you know, doing whatever you're doing. But if financial stability is like one of your core, like must haves, then you have like, you got to figure that out. You got to, put some systems into place. So for example, um, I, I, when I first started my business and I got some contracts, I kept one of those contracts for six years while I was building bone and gold. And it wasn't until bone and gold far, far out earned. And it literally like did not make any sense anymore that I was spending 50% of my time on 10% of my or less of my income that I had to release that opportunity. And then I was able to go full in. But like, 
again, people look and they see the shiny stuff and they say like, oh, wow, like, you know, you're doing X, Y, and Z thing. Like they don't see the circumstances that someone created for themselves to do that. And what I will also say is that right now with film productions being completely on hold, you, you better believe I went right back to them and I said, hey, any chance you have any opportunities for me? And did they? Because yes, they did. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So we're talking about it. We'll see what happens, but we're talking yeah. about it. So, you know, it's like you, not everything happens all at once, but right. like you can be creating the circumstances to give yourself those things that you need to have. I also mm -hmm. want to say, my gosh, you have three to four novels that like I write them, finish them. <laughs> I want to read them. I loved your book. I loved it. I bought it. I read it. I like devoured it. I still remember it. Um, you know, and it's, I just can't wait to, like, I've been waiting. <laughs> so like you owe it to your fans. Right. To finish well, that. Funny, I was, I was actually in talk this publishing for a long time about another one. Um, and they were like, we really love it. We love the premise, but the beginning, we just want that to be tweaked a little. I was like, okay, yeah, no problem. Cause I'm a very fast writer too, because when you're happy in something, yep. you just kind of soar through it. Um, but I think right after that, we moved, I was see, and it was like, I had to take these other things. Only writing I could do had to be academic writing because yeah. I needed those publications. Yeah. Um, so I'll find that I like scroll over to that sometimes when I have a moment and I'm like, just reading through and I'll write a few words and then I hear mommy and I'm like, okay, that's that. I do need to get back to it because, you know, I'm very happy there and like my happy place, honestly, besides just sitting and writing is daydream about stories and characters and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like that's just kind of where my head is. I, here's a random question for you too, just because you have a back to performing. Do you ever miss being on stage too? Girlfriend, do what do you think I'm, what do you think I'm trying to do on Instagram? <laughs> what do you think what I'm trying to do? Stage, the you know, I, yeah, <laughs> I miss it every single day. Like we are performers. It's part of who we are. And, no. um, you know, once you leave the feathery nest of show choir in high school, like, yeah. you know, you're, um, you know, there's not a lot of chances to do that. So yeah, yeah for me, um, you know, I spent a lot of time being sort of anxious about judgment and like fearful that like people were going to sort of like slap me back down to earth. Like, who do you think you are sharing, right. sharing what you have to say? Like, what do you know about anything? But I, you know, like six months ago, I started doing it and it's been huge for me. It, I feel like, I feel such a sense of, um, being seen and, and like personal value and like connection with, with people in, in that way that you get that connection when you're like with a, when you're performing with an audience. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, do you get that from teaching or writing or? No, like teaching is its own thing. Yes, they're looking at you. <laughs> but I'm able to sort of slip into the fantasy of, of like someone else's life and it's someone else's voice and it's someone else's words and costs and all. I mean, you know, like I, there's nothing I love more than like a wig and a new character. And I don't know if you can tell, actually, in the background on a shelf, my mom just brought me a wig from Bring the Machine. It's just like sitting up there. And when Bianca and I were twins, uh huh, 
that's just sitting in the back. But oh uh, I missed that. And I was actually talking to a friend of mine about um, get you know going and auditioning and having that be something just for fun, um, not something I'm looking to paid for necessarily. And then you know, then that was kind of put a little kibosh on that. But I haven't sang in front of people and since. Well, I was a wedding singer for a while. So since like the 2010-ish, I'd say. Like, I haven't, mm, no, not at all. And, you know, like, I'll tell people, oh, I used to do show choirs to perform. I used to this, and they're like, oh, really? Can you sing now? I'm like, no, no. Oh, don't deprive it's, the world, Sarah. It's time. But, you know, like, I, I miss, I miss that aspect of the creativity. Even, like, the idea of writing a play writing stuff, like that kind of stuff is, yeah. is, I miss that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I think, I think at this point I do so sort of creatively stifled that any creative expression is amazing. You know, my oldest wants to glue paper onto, like tear pieces of paper and glue them onto something. And I'm like, yes, let's explore this. Like I'm so excited <laughs> for anything. Yeah. So, you know, we have a lot of craft going on, but it's like, yeah. I'm not, really a crafter that's you know like I see all these people making things with their hands and selling them like I love that idea I don't know that that's where my heart soars that they're not daydreaming about other things I would rather be doing yeah so but I feel like when I have a bit more time um and Esme's a little bit older I like the idea of being on stage again and being else from it I, I can imagine that now as a mom that would be glorious, don't you think? Like, mm. I'm playing someone with no children. <laughs> sounds yeah. nice. Yeah. Just, just for a couple hours. That sounds yeah. really nice, you know? But yeah. I think I think that would be a good outlet for me. Um, but it's, you know, the writing, that kind of creativity where I'm happiest, I think. So write those things down. These are like future dreams, you know? And part of... Uh, part of the excitement of life is having things to look forward to. Definitely. Especially part of the, part of the excitement of early, of like these days of motherhood <laughs> are having things to look forward to. <laughs> these days. Yes. These very long, very, un, very, you know, woven into each other days. Yeah. So, um, I would love to go back through and just take a look at, the things that we've written down, like what are the action items for you? Okay. What are the, um, what are the sort of small steps that you're going to make in this direction of, um, weaving in creativity into your life while maintaining financial stability and maintaining, or even, um, you know, increasing the connection that you have with family, joy, humor, and light. Um, so what are the, what are the action items that you've made for yourself? Um, well, I, I wrote down, you know, writing down the list of responsibilities and figuring out what can go to him, what can go to my mother, what can go to anyone but me so I can have some time. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and I would add, what, what can just stop? Yeah. I like that. Well, and I, you know, that's, I do feel like I, I always try to look for silver lining, but I feel obviously right now is a horrible time for so many people. Um, but we are in a very privileged position, Austin and I, that we have our jobs and that we're healthy and whatever. And um, one thing that 
has been nice for us in this time is figuring out what we don't need. Like, well, yeah, we were doing this thing every Tuesday night, but do we really need to do it? Yeah. No. And do, and you know, you were talking about doing the dishes and doing the laundry, but sometimes I think for us, even though we could take it too far, sometimes it's nice to be like, but does the laundry need to get done now? Or is it more important that we just enjoy camping in the living room? You know? And so, yeah. um, but, um, so I also, I really loved your reaching out to that comic company, um, about possibly contracting with them. And then it made me think about that actually friends with someone who's um, very well connected in the comic world here in San Diego. Um, and he asked me to be the board of directors for their um, comic shop. But I actually wondered about reaching out to him if he knows any opportunities for writing comics or something, something yes. he does. Cause he's, I mean, anyone and everyone. Um, Amazing. Throughout a lot of talking, I just wrote down, sit down and write, write, write. You know, um, yeah. I, I think I just need to like do it. Yeah. <laughs> to get yeah. back into it. And, and you know, I, I think too, I need to um, face some of my fears and like, we're not in the position we used to be. We're like, if I didn't have, you know, extra jobs that we weren't buying food. Um, and cut back on the classes that I can have that extra time to write. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I need to do that. I do it every once in a while just so I can kind of breathe and be with the kids. But I think I even need to take that and like, yes, I love being with the kids. I love having that extra time. With that extra time, let's take a big pocket of it and have writing time. Mm-hmm. I think that would be good. And I also, I love the idea of getting back to performance. I don't know that the internet is my, it's my stage. Um, and I'm not, it's not that I'm so worried about people judging. Well, one, I have students Googling me a lot. So I have to be very conscientious of where they find me. Um, and thankfully there's someone in Russia with my exact name, the swim teacher, and they keep finding videos of her and they'll point to me like, oh, it's not me at all. Thankfully they haven't figured out how to find me music machine videos yet um, <laughs> but I have to be very conscious of that so I don't know we'll see where where that goes but I'm like I just I don't know I miss being on a stage I miss being silly on a stage and making people laugh yeah you know? yeah I miss that you and you should down and we'll all be on stage there <laughs> there you go there you go don't think I haven't thought about it I mean especially now I'm like how do we get to San Diego <laughs> like how do we even get there like, just like trank the kids and like, like that's a joke. I would never, but, but Wait, you know, 10 no, I'm hours, taking that serious. <laughs> 10 hours in the car with kids, like not being able to use public bathrooms. Like, but I miss my family. Yeah. It's this yeah. hard. It's hard to be so disconnected. It is. It's really hard. Yeah. And you know, and I, I, I just, we're also kind of used to it. Austin and I, because, you know, we started yeah. our family in Eastern Washington and everyone left yeah. all the time. So like when Mila was born, it was summer where we were. There's no one there in the summer. So my mom gave it, and, but that was it. We didn't yeah. see anyone else. So we're yeah. very used to isolation. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's a crazy time. And I'm, I feel really bad for people who are especially alone. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that. But I also feel bad for people with a lot of children. 
it's in not, a totally different sense. Totally. And it's, it's, um, there's, there's a lot of like survivor's guilt. There's a lot of like, um, there's a lot of like, uh, comparison. Um, you know, you've probably heard me talk a little bit about that on the internet. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, the grass, again, coming full circle to the beginning of our conversation, the grass is always greener on the other side. Nobody really knows what's actually happening for anybody. Yeah. And like everything that we see, whether or not it's the most true, real, authentic sharing in the world, it's still, it was still curated. And so, uh, you know, oh, yeah. it, as long as we can just focus more on how we feel on the inside, um, and less on how we appear to other people, like we'll be, we'll be that much better off. But I feel like what you just shared from your list, it's a lot of things, but do they all feel manageable? They all feel very manageable. Um, but I don't know if you feel this way, because I feel like you and I are very similar people. I've always I'm honored. I'm honored. <laughs> that I, it can, I mean, I always, I, I just always wanted to be like you. So, Rachel. so. it's well for, for anyone listening or Rachel and I have known each other for a very long time and I always thought of Rachel as being like my little sister because our brothers were very good friends and I remember having you with Mizuchi like isn't she the cutest like, <laughs> you're younger than me but it was always just like this is my little sister Rachel but I feel like I don't know we have a lot in common and you those things all the time where I'm like yeah, I get that completely um I forget what my brain was to say so there you go it just kind of, we're, we're very similar. Yes. Very similar. Yes. Point. Yes. Um, and again, I'm honored that you say that because, um, you know, I just admire you very much. And um, I'm really, I'm, I'm just completely pumped to have had this conversation with you. Me too. And um, I hope it was helpful. It was. Um, I'm excited to sort of see what you do with it. And I, I guess I just sort of want to remember, I just want to remind you of one thing, which is that nothing lasts forever and nothing, nothing takes a short time either. Mm -hmm. So all these things that you want to do, like you're gonna, you're gonna get there. You're gonna do them. It's just now that, you know, we've chosen to be moms, like it's going to take us longer than it would have otherwise. Yeah. You've been listening to Going Legit. I hope you're walking away with a new idea, a new perspective, or perhaps a new sense of what might be possible. Please take a moment to send a silent wish of hope to our subject. It takes vulnerability and bravery to step up in such a bold and public way. And for that, we can all be grateful. If you'd like to be a guest on this podcast, you can apply at goinglegit.co. You can also go there for resources, tools, and some workshops that are available on demand. This episode was produced by me, Rachel Dorsey. It's executive produced by Bone and Gold, edited by Chelsea DeCuba, with original music by Taylor Joshua Rankin. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review, and please, please, please share it with your friends. I'm Rachel Dorsey. Thank you for listening.